Welcome to A Rumor of Empathy. This series is dedicated to the commitment that empathy become less of a rumor and an expanded reality in the individual and community today. Today's podcast is entitled Empathy, a Dial, Not an On-Off Switch. It is Chapter 4 from the book Empathy, a Lazy Person's Guide by Lou Augusta with color illustrations by Alex Zonas. A lighthearted look at a significant subject. Copyright Lou Augusta. People treat empathy like an on off switch. Turn it on for friends and family, turn it off for the bad guys. For example, Major Strasser in the movie Casablanca. Turn it on for coworkers, customers, and insiders. Turn empathy off for competitors, for compliance and for the sake of efficiency and speed. Turn empathy on for the hometown baseball team, the Cubs or Sox, if you're from Chicago like I am, or turn it off for the competition, especially New York teams such as the Mets or Yankees. If you've encountered diehard fans, then you know that I am only partially joking. However, in business and indeed life writ large today, as in sports, as in dating, as in all manner of relating, you're competing in the morning and cooperating in the afternoon. Unfortunately, the empathy switch tends to get stuck in the off position. Consider a radical proposal. Empathy is not an on-off switch. Rather, empathy is a dial or tuner. You can tune it up, tune it up and open up the granularity of your empathic receptivity, your empathic availability. You get an expanded experience of the other's feelings. You get an expanded experience of the other's experience. You can tune empathy down, narrow it down, the granularity of your empathic receptivity to the other person, and you get a thinner and less intense, more attenuated experience of the other person's experience and feelings. Such tuning up or tuning down of empathic receptivity is not something that comes naturally to most people. Practice is needed. That is why empathy lessons are needed. The guidance of this podcast, empathy is a dial, not an on-off switch. Engaging with the issues and suffering with which people are struggling can leave the would-be empathizer, the empath, vulnerable and exposed to burnout and compassion fatigue. The risk of compassion fatigue is a clue that empathy is distinct from compassion. If you're suffering from compassion fatigue, then your would-be practice of empathy is arguably off the rails and in breakdown. I repeat, if you're experiencing compassion fatigue, your empathy is in breakdown. Instead of practicing empathy, maybe you are being too compassionate. If you're flooded, maybe, just maybe, you're doing it wrong. In empathy, the listener gets a vicarious experience of the other person's issue or experience, including their suffering, their struggle, their stuckness. The listener suffers vicariously, that is, the empathic listener 
suffers vicariously, a vicarious experience, but without being flooded or overwhelmed by the other person's experience, without being overwhelmed by the other person's suffering. Dip a toe in the water of experience of the other person. Don't jump in up to one's neck. Now, that's easier said than done, and that's precisely why practice and empathy training are needed. I hasten to add that empathy is not just about negative experiences. You can empathize with high spirits, happiness, joy, opening birthday presents, and happy tears of reunion and reconciliation. However, the squeaky wheel gets the oil of empathy, and most people, with the possible exception of moral masochists really stuck on their own suffering, find empathizing with negative experiences to be the one, to be the instance in case that requires the work. Hence our conversation. This is not to say that some accounts of trauma would not overwhelm and flood anyone. They would. They do. However, we are here engaging with the example of a committed listener who spends his or her day listening to a series of depressed, anxious, or otherwise upset people. This is critical path. Once again, repetition is the mother of learning. Empathy is like a dial, lever, or tuner. Tune it up, turn it up, tune it down, turn it down. If you are overwhelmed by suffering as you're listening to the other person's struggles, you're doing it, practicing empathy incorrectly, clumsily, and one needs to expand one's skill in the practice of empathy. The empathic professional can expect to have a vicarious experience of the other person's experience. If the other person is suffering, then the empathic professional, the empathic individual of any kind, will have a vicarious experience of suffering. He will have a sample of the other person's suffering. He will have a trace affect, a trace emotion, feeling, experience of the sadness or grief or anger or fear of whatever is a burden to the other person. However, it will be a toe or an ankle in the water instead of being up to one's neck in it. If your empathic distress indicates too much openness, do not be closed off, but tactically reduce the openness, increasing the filter of your empathic receptivity reduces the empathic receptivity and reduces your empathy as a whole. This is not to say become hard-hearted. This is not to say become mean, bullying, or unkind. That would truly be insane. No, rather dial it down. If you are experiencing compassion fatigue, then you need to tune down your compassion and expand your empathy. If you're experiencing burnout, then it is likely that emotional contagion is leading to empathic distress. In this instance, you need to tune down your empathy. Over-intellectualization, question mark? A bit of top-down empathy to get through the crisis and reestablish emotional equilibrium? Top-down empathy, think about it, take a walk in the other person's shoes. What must it be like 
with the perspective of the person over there and with their own shoe size. As noted, emergency room doctors, first responders, teachers in noisy classrooms, business people with angry customers, and so on, all need to get it, to get whether the other person is experiencing fear, anger, high spirits, or some other strong feeling. Are they about to escalate? They need to get it, that is, the empathic provider, empathic listener, needs to get it as a sample, trace, or vicarious experience, not merger with the full-blown upset itself. The power available in distinguishing between empathic receptivity, empathic understanding, empathic interpretation, and empathic responsiveness is precisely so you can divide and conquer the practice and performance of empathy by tuning it up or down to suit the empathic challenge. An example will be useful. Donna Hicks, author of the book Dignity, Yale University Press, 2011, writes, when people do not get the dignity they deserve, they get enraged. We might say the same thing about empathy. When people do not get the empathy they deserve, they get enraged. Empathy calms anger and raged. When people do not get the empathy to which they feel entitled, they start to suffocate emotionally. They thrash about emotionally. They struggle emotionally. Then they get enraged. The response? De-escalate rage by acknowledging the breakdown. It seems you really have not been treated well. It sounds like you could use some empathy. Try some of mine. Clean up the misunderstanding. Acknowledge the breakdown. Clean up what went off the rolls and rails and restore the empathic relatedness. Empathy does many things well. One of the things empathy does best is it de-escalates. It soothes and calms anger and rage. Without empathy, people lose the feeling of being alive. They tend to act out, behave and misbehave in provocative ways in an attempt to regain the feeling of vitality that they have lost. Absent an empathic environment and empathic responsiveness, people lose the feeling that life has meaning. When people lose the feeling of vitality, aliveness, dignity, and meaning, then their emotions become unbalanced. When their emotions become unbalanced, the behavior becomes unbalanced too and goes off the rails. Pain and suffering seem better than emptiness and meaninglessness, but perhaps not by much. If I am in pain, in any case, I am alive. My pain proves it. I am here. I count. People then may engage in self-defeating behaviors, substance abuse, spousal abuse, self-abuse, in misguided attempts to awaken a sense of aliveness and regain emotional balance. Empathy is oxygen for the soul. This is a metaphor, but a telling one, that we owe to Heinz Kohut whom we acknowledge when people do not get empathy, they feel they are suffocating. They are suffocating emotionally. They are suffocating full stop. 
then people are at risk of acting out in maladaptive ways in order to get back a sense of emotional stability, a sense of wellness, wholeness, and well-being. And of course, acting out in maladaptive ways is self-defeating. So the dominoes in the person's life start falling. Relationships, finances, career, health, recreation, satisfaction, peace of mind, education, things go from bad to worse. You and the situation require expanded empathy. Whatever you do, do not act so as to make a bad situation worse, although, admittedly, that is not always clear in advance. Pause for breath. Take a deep one. Hold it in while counting to four. Exhale, listen, and speak from possibility. Happy the person who, at such a moment, can reach out and get a good listening, get expanded oxygen for the soul from a committed empathic listener. Happy the person who can get a good soothing dose of empathy and de-escalate.